Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember, subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. This week's Fiber for Breakfast brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Wesco. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 33rd episode of 2023. But before we kick off, I'd like to thank Wesco, the platinum sponsor of Fiber for Breakfast. You know, on Monday this week, the White House and the Office of Management and Budget, OMB, issued its final Build America, Buy America guidance. The content of the file guidance is based on OMB's review and consideration of the comments provided by the public stakeholders and federal agencies. The guidance provides uh, guidance to the federal agencies on how to apply the Buy America preference set forth in the BABA or BABA to the federal awards for the infrastructure projects, including BEAD grants. And as part of this, that fiber has been classified under this guidance as a construction material. Um, which is very important. And FBA is currently reviewing the guidance for our members. You know, in follow-up to Nokia's announcement with President, or excuse me, Vice President Harris uh, about a week and a half ago on their plans to build their fiber access products in Wisconsin. Today, uh, ATRAN with Ms. Landrew, the president's infrastructures are, are in Huntsville announcing its plans to invest up to $5 million in its Huntsville manufacturing facility to build its fiber access products in Alabama. So I think we'll see a wave of this uh, as people move their manufacturing back to the US just as President Biden has architected. Earlier this month, uh, the Fiber Broadband Association launched its partnership with NTCA and our research partner Cartesian on version 3.0 of our state uh, broadband playbook. The playbook is being rolled out in modules They'll be issued over the next two months, including permitting and access to state and local right-of-ways and infrastructure and establishing the extremely high cost threshold, cybersecurity, supply chain, application scoring, and the challenge process. The first two modules are now available on the Fiber Broadband Association's website. We'll be hosting a series of um, sessions to preview the content of the playbook. So stay tuned, we'll do that on Fiber for Breakfast. And I want to say congratulations to our good friend, Jeff Gavalinsky, on a wildly successful Mountain Connect conference in Denver last week. Just a lot of excellent speakers and great content. You know, I feel like everything's building towards Fiber Connect that starts on Sunday in Orlando. You know, Sunday we're going to have five pre-conference workshop tracks, ending with our welcome reception at 5.30. Um, on Monday and Tuesday, we're going to have an amazing lineup of speakers during our general session. And our general session in the ballroom, you know, we've gone spare no expense on um, the whole setup there. So on the main stage, and then in the afternoon, we're going to have seven tracks of breakout sessions. Then on Monday night, we're going to have our Havana night party. And on Wednesday, we're going to close the conference with the State Broadband Summit. And the speaker lineup for the State Broadband Summit is fantastic with members of Congress, the White House, NTI, the FCC, Department of Treasury. And of course, the state broadband office director. So if you haven't registered, please do so today before we close registration. 
And our next and final regional Fiber Connect workshop will be in Minneapolis on October 24th. So you're not going to want to miss that. So please register today. So that brings us to today's Fiber for Breakfast session with Dritten Nesho, the global CEO of HarrisX, to um, discuss their latest research on bringing a customer perspective to home internet. Today on Fiber for Breakfast, our guest is Jitren uh, Niso, um, the global CEO of HarrisX, to discuss their latest research on bringing a customer perspective to the home internet. Uh, so Dritten is the CEO of HarrisX, a leading technology, media, and telecom-focused market research and data analytics company. Uh, Dritten also serves as a co-director of the Harvard-Harris Poll, a monthly public policy poll conducted by the Harvard Center of, for American Political Studies and the Harris Poll. Previously, Dritten served as, in the roles of Director of Corporate Strategy and M&A, Director of Product Management, Director of Civil Technology at Microsoft, He's the co-founder and oversaw the development of Microsoft Pulse, a real-time audience consumer research platform, and he was involved in building Microsoft's campaign technology services ecosystem. Prior to Microsoft, Dritten served as vice president and chief of staff, the CEO at Penn Schoen Berlin, a leading market research, public, political polling, and strategic consulting firm, and was director and chief of staff to the global CEO of Burleson, Marsteller, the public relations and public affairs giant. Dritten's also a fellow at Harvard's Institute for Quantitative Social Scientists and lectures on political polling and opinion research at Harvard University and at the George Washington University's Graduate School of Political Management. So welcome, Dritten. And for our audience, please type in your questions as you go and work them into the Q&A. With that, I'd like to turn things over to Dritten. Gary, thank you very much for the introduction, and it's a pleasure to be here with uh, the Fiber Broadband Association and your members uh, today. Uh, we wanted to look at consumer perspectives uh, for the home internet industry with a specific focus on fiber, and um, one of the key uh, elements that we wanted to bring to light in our conversation today is a little bit the competitive dynamics that we are seeing between uh, wireless and wireline providers and within that, within the wireline space, fiber versus DSL versus uh, cable. Um, and we've given you a little bit of a snapshot here in our data, but my email is dritan at harrisx.com. So for any follow-up questions or a deeper dive, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to email and we'd love to give you the appropriate answer. I think we can skip a little bit the agenda for today. Uh, we'll just get straight into the data. Um, Gary gave us a wonderful introduction, um, so we can skip also the slide. Uh, just a little bit about um, our ecosystem of uh, research. Essentially, uh, we focus on the connected consumer and any facet of the connected consumer, whether they are at home and the services that they and the technology that they are using within the home, whether they are mobile and on the go uh, with wireless services, but increasingly, obviously, we are seeing uh, wearables, uh, which are uh, connected to the internet, cars, and beyond that, a whole ecosystem of uh, connected devices around the consumer. And we leverage a series of research trackers, which are constantly in field and are refreshed every single month, 
to be able to paint that 360 degree view around the connected uh, consumer. Um, uh, uh, you know, the availability of data is never the issue. Obviously, figuring out what the signal is amongst all of this data is the challenge that most executives face today. And again, uh, my team focuses on being able to kind of package those insights as succinctly as possible, as you'll see in the subsequent slides. And again, today we are leveraging three pieces of information, our total in-home communication survey, which collects responses from about 90,000 American uh, households over the course of the year and deals with all issues of connectivity within the home technology and also the consumer satisfaction and relationship with these, both the services and the technologies within their home. We also have a, a tracker which focuses on scraping uh, home internet uh, bills, connectivity bills, whether it's on the wireless or wireline side, that has an annual sample of about 10,000 home internet bills that we tap into. We also use a telemetry application. We have a panel of users that allow us to track how they're connecting to the internet and what content they are accessing, both when they are in home and they, when they are in the move. And what you'll see is um, an amalgamation of information from each of these uh, three mediums of research that we use on a monthly basis. Fiber remains king and the satisfaction with it, um, sorry, I just lost my screen, one second. Um, the satisfaction with it is highest in terms of in-home connectivity providers. Um, we tried to look at a snapshot of the last five years and to compare amongst all home internet users what the overall provider satisfaction was in Q1 of 2018 and what that satisfaction was in Q2 of uh, 2023. So um, just a, uh, the quarter that, that finished. And you see that satisfaction for fiber has grown by 10% from 72 to 82%. Uh, and that outpaces the growth that we have seen for cable uh, and also for uh, DSL. And uh, it's wonderful to see that the picture is, is strong and the satisfaction of fiber customers, uh, which has risen by 10 points, um, is the highest uh, within the industry. And so then the second question that we wanted to answer is that, what explains this rise in satisfaction and specifically is the rise due uh, to higher speeds and when we look at the market there's essentially two types of consumers there's consumers that have speeds of 100 mbps or less these consumers tend to pay less for their services and in general uh, they tend to be satisfied because their expectations are also lower compared to uh, consumers that pay for a higher bandwidth, higher throughput and higher speeds. And then really at about 100 Mbps going on to one uh, gigabyte speeds or higher, we see a very, very clear story about the impact of uh, throughput and uh, speeds on consumer satisfaction. If you're in that 101 to 200 Mbps range, your satisfaction is high at 66%, but the satisfaction grows steadily as you move into the next bucket, 200 to 400 Mbps, and then uh, the same picture as you move into 400 to 1000 Mbps or one uh, gigabyte speeds, 
and then it just skyrockets with one gigabyte speeds uh, plus. So speed does matter, and the investments that have been made in providing for better throughput and better speeds uh, really show themselves in the data and in the research <laughs> in a clear and unambiguous uh, way. Now, what is quite interesting is uh, both the numbers that we are seeing around adoption and the numbers that we are seeing around awareness of uh, gigabit speeds. And uh, there are some usable or exploitable market gaps here in terms of the reality in the industry and the perceptions that consumers have. So when we look at our bill uh, capture uh, technology and uh, tracker, we have seen a steady rise in gigabit plus speed adoptions between Q1 of 2021 and Q2 of 2023. And that's an 8% increase uh, overall, uh, which uh, is both due to consumers upgrading uh, their speeds for better throughputs and also the investments that the industry and various players in the industry have made to provide consumers better uh, speeds, uh, given also the direct relationship that that has with uh, satisfaction. However, awareness of the availability of gigabit internet in the market is actually quite low, at 36%. And this is from our, one of our survey-based trackers, the total in-home communication tracker. And actually, what was quite interesting, when we asked consumers uh, how many consumers had gigabit uh, speed access within their home, that number was 9%, which is significantly lower than the 19% that we know for a fact from their bills that do have gigabit speed uh, access within their home. So the bottom line is that many consumers are not properly informed of the kind of speeds that they have. And even when they do have access to those speeds, uh, chances are that they don't think that they do have access to those speeds. And this is uh, a gap that can be closed through effective communication, constant communication, effective marketing, constant marketing. And it's a gap that should pay dividends for the industry, especially given the much higher satisfaction rates that we see in play uh, with uh, gigabit plus speeds. And perception is as important as reality when it comes to the consumer mindset um, around these things, because again, it's something that they don't measure on a constant basis. They just have a feel around their internet connectivity and their internet needs. So you might even make the case that perception is even more important than the actuality of the service that they are, that they are accessing. So though highly satisfied, um, we are also seeing that fiber internet customers can still uh, be restless. And um, there is an increasing dynamic within the market of cross-category switching, especially as wireless providers are increasingly providing home internet to users. Um, T-Mobile and Verizon have obviously been leaders in connecting their 5G network to in-home connectivity uh, boxes, and that directly competes with fiber, DSL, cable and the traditional providers of in-home connectivity. And there's some interesting findings that we're seeing in this space. So uh, what you're seeing here is the self-stated responses among home internet subscribers on their likelihood to cancel 
or their likelihood to switch home internet. Now, likelihood to switch rates are lower than likelihood uh, to cancel, and that's because the way that we frame the likelihood to, to switch question is switching within the category or switching uh, amongst fiber, DSL, and cable in-home connectivity uh, uh, providers. These customers who are likely to switch tend to be looking for better pricing and uh, they tend to uh, uh, be thinking only in terms of uh, in-category uh, changes uh, for their in-home connectivity. What we have seen very recently is a lot of the rise of customers who are telling us that they are likely to cancel the service altogether. And the way that the likely to cancel question is framed is in, uh, in assessing the consumer's inclination to basically cancel in-home connectivity through traditional providers and use more wireless or alternative methods of connectivity uh, day in and day out. And here's where we see that the consumers that are likely to cancel also tend to be wealthier consumers. They tend to be consumers that are highly connected and with multiple uh, wireless lines. And so we see the rise of cross-industry competition and cross-industry dynamic, and this is something that definitely, you know, uh, the, your industry has to take note. Uh, cable is doing slightly better in the likelihood to cancel, uh, in part because cable service acquisition is driven as much by the entertainment bundle and the access to content as it is driven by the connectivity uh, aspect of it all whereas fiber and DSL are, uh, are more holistically driven by the connectivity component. Uh, and if you see the likelihood to cancel numbers for fiber, the number rises to 10%, and then for DSL, it's significantly higher at 13%. This also indicates that there is opportunity to create better stickiness for your service with customers, especially by bundling it with different streaming services and different uh, uh, access to applications that consumers are very much um, you know, going after and are top of mind, primarily around content, uh, given the stickiness of content, but not just um, limited to, to that. And so here we wanted to look a little bit at uh, the reasons why, uh, top reasons to cancel and top reason uh, to switch providers. And again, the top reason to cancel was I can access the internet on my phone or through free Wi-Fi or some alternative Wi-Fi medium. And top reason to switch providers, as I mentioned, was for better price or uh, a better uh, uh, promotion. So in terms of a summary, and we very much want to open it up to your questions and hope that these findings were at least uh, uh, provocative in the good way uh, for a good uh, set of questions and a good uh, conversation. But the fiber industry has done very well so far, winning the race for satisfied consumers and especially given their CapEx investments and availability of higher speeds uh, for consumers. There are some marketing gaps, some knowledge and awareness uh, gaps that need to be addressed, and they will go a long way to uh, resolving some of the pinpoints that we are seeing within the industry. And then the final point is, you know, 
there needs to be an industry-wide answer to the competition that is increasingly coming to, to light from the wireless providers and their own in-home internet provisions, which are driving this likelihood to cancel over the course of the next 12 months numbers, and again, present now a growing threat uh, to uh, in-home connectivity uh, via fiber. So with that, I'll pass it on uh, back to Gary, and uh, he will open it up for some questions from the audience. Well, Jetton, this is really interesting. Um, so it's a, you know, one of the things we've noticed in our studies, how many, you said 9,000, how many people responded to this survey? Uh, so uh, in terms of bills, right, we collect about uh, 1,000 bills every month. So it's about 10,000 over the course of the year uh, from a bill analysis and bill scraping perspective. In terms of households, that number is about 90,000. So 90,000, 90,000. So 90,000. This is so a pretty comprehensive method. study. You know, what yes. we find is that when we, when we do our research, you know, we do like, we might do a telephone survey or internet or email survey and consumers don't seem to have any clue what kind of service, because we'll look, compare their bill because <laughs> they, they know they have Wi-Fi and so they don't really understand what their Wi-Fi is connected to, whether it's fiber, cable, something else. Did, how do you, are you guys seeing any discrepancy when you ask these questions that are people accurate on understanding what service they have? Well, in general, with connected consumers, you want to reach them through a connected medium. So um, surveys that are administered essentially via smartphones, tablets, or PCs, because they are in a connected environment and they'll give you better answers about that connected environment. Phone that does better with older consumers, but usually they're also the type of consumers, as you say, that can't tell uh, very much the difference. So that's sort of one point uh, to uh, keep in mind. The second point to keep in mind is that ambiguity can work both ways. And right now, the dynamic that we're seeing in the marketplace is that the ambiguity around the provision of the services that most fiber consumers have is being exploited by the challengers in the connectivity industry, especially, I would say, the very well-capitalized wireless providers that are coming in and providing in-home internet services. This is why you see that likelihood to cancel and switch across category numbers jumping so high. And that's certainly something that you pointed out to me, Gary, when we were doing a dry run for the session. And I think it's also fairly provocative for the rest of the uh, attendees. Uh, we expect the number only to keep going up as the likes of T-Mobile and Verizon uh, are put more marketing dollars behind their 5G-enabled in-home connectivity services. You know, we looked at uh, fixed wireless. We spent a lot of time looking at fixed wireless. And, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, the fixed wireless was gaining a lot of strong market share, largely because, you know, T-Mobile had some really below market pricing. So if you can get, you know, some for very cheap, you know, get reasonable um, data rates. But then last fall, that started to kind of top out and now it's starting to decline. Is that what you're seeing? I think that the the oscillations are really in terms of quarter over quarter pickup rates and customer acquisition rates. Yes, they vary, but the trend is a cleared upward trend. 
And you're absolutely right that that clear upward trend is driven by below market pricing or very aggressive, very competitive pricing um, from the wireless providers for this, you know, fixed services. But also it's driven by increased availability in uh, content and uh, bundling, especially with regards to, you know, streaming services. And you can see that Verizon has been very aggressive with that, even giving you flexibility to choose what kind of content you access month in and month out and really playing into this switcher trend that we see uh, within the content space. Um, and in a similar fashion, T-Mobile uh, as well and following suit more and more aggressively. So the overall trend, the secular trend is there and it's quite strong and it has to be taken seriously. Yeah, so one of the things I noticed, um, so my cell service, you know, this mobile service is, even though I have a very generous plan, um, I get data capped out. I I travel a lot, so I download lots and lots of books, and you wouldn't think they would take up that much space, but evidently they do on my phone, and I get these notes saying that they're going to start throttling me. You know, it might be 10 days left in the month, but um, I'm hit my data cap and I'm going to get throttled is, you know, one of the things I think that we're seeing in our studies and what we're certainly seeing from our members is that the in-home experience now is becoming king. And so, you know, and I don't know if you guys got into that, but it's, you know, we're starting to see a lot more um, immersive in-home experience, you know, with more mesh Wi-Fi networking and more features available as well as, um, bundling you know like my fiber service uh gives me free hbo or something like that and uh you know doing things to try to make it sticky it sounded it looked like that that from that one chart where um people were dropping you know if they dropped their fiber service it um i mean i like for example i was in um south africa last year and i tried to see if i could make it through a whole week without um using my international wireless data I was trying to do everything on Wi-Fi, which I made it almost to the last end of the week, but then I had to use Uber. So once I went outside, I had to, you know, turn on my international. So I wonder if that's just indicating that that people, high-income people, might be travel a lot and just use hotel Wi-Fi and their mobile devices and hotspots because they're moving between houses and on the road. Or did you get any insight on that? Well, the the metric that we look at is movers, right? I mean. Um, a lot of the source of switching behavior and also canceling behavior within the industry tends to be moving homes. And what's surprising about that 10% number is that only 40% uh, or even less of those respondents are movers. Usually if the mover number was higher, and these are people that are moving dwellings or moving homes, then we would say that the risk is minimal and there's a confounding variable or there's another reason as, that's driving these people to cancel, but you know someone else will pick them back up within the industry at a later point in time. Because close to two thirds of the respondents are not movers and they tend yeah. to be this hyper-connected on the wireless side of the equation, uh, better to do customers especially millennial fathers and kind of more going on to middle-aged uh, men, then the story is deeper, right? And the story is one of, of the competitive pressures uh, within the marketplace. 
However, you're absolutely right that fiber is best positioned to service consumers with in-home connectivity. And there's a lot of challenges still within fixed wireless and what is being used. And that, again, pre pre presents an opportunity for you to, um, for your industry uh, to uh, strike back, right? And make sure that this trend doesn't continue to grow and grow at pace, but really consumers start understanding that if you want reliant speeds and reliability is as important as the availability of throughput speeds, then you should think about fiber. And if you are someone who engages in uh, working remotely or gaming or heavy streaming, there's likely a natural limit to what fixed wireless can provide for you, especially if you have multiple people doing those types of uh, heavy throughput activities within the same household. So I think that there's the story here is nine parts good, one parts you know uh, potentially bad, and um, I don't want to lose sight of that. Uh, however, it's obviously you know where we see movements in the market. So we would be remiss not to call it out. So basically, what the, all the operators need to take advantage of the performance um, advantage with fiber and make sure they bundle um, a lot of entertainment and other things to get the maximum benefit for the subscriber. Bundling works. Hey, so Dretton, thank you so much. Really appreciate your research and your industry insights. So thank you again. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Look forward to getting back together next Wednesday for Fiber Breakfast. We're going to be speaking with uh, Eric Vidal, the Executive Director of the Federal Permitting Improvement Steering Committee on the topic of Federal Permitting Council moving broadband permitting at gigabit speeds. So I can't think of anything more critical as we're accelerating broadband deployment than getting permitting rights. So it's going to be a great session. We'll see you guys. See you Sunday in Orlando and uh, see you Wednesday on Fire for Breakfast. Thanks, everyone.